Welcome to the Script Mistress Podcast, a captivating journey into the realm of screenwriting. In this episode, we delve further into the 12 character archetypes, shining the spotlight on the seducer. Seducer, I'm your enthusiastic host, Amber Bosworth, and I am thrilled to share this exhilarating installment with you. Can you believe it? This is the last one. We have made it through all 12 character archetypes. This has been an incredible series. I believe I started it all the way back at the beginning of March, but with having interviews of the ink to screen winners and other such areas and a little bit of breaks here and there, it has been a really long ride and I really appreciate you guys sticking with me on this. Now, to keep yourself informed on our podcast events and challenges, please make sure to join the mailing list at thescriptmistress.com. Additionally, you can find this entire episode on video at thescriptmistress.com forward slash scene 39, where you'll also discover a delightful free download waiting for you on that page. Now, I've also launched the Script Mistress YouTube channel, if you hadn't heard, and you can also access all of these videos there. You might be watching, so if you are, subscribe. If not, you can check it out on um, my channel there, and in the show notes, I'll have the link for that YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Now, we are deep into the August challenge. Right now, I have writers writing away five new, like five page new screenplay for the ink to screen challenge. This was a really fun challenge this year or this month. I really wanted to kind of do a nice um, vintage with the end of summer coming off. We had a nice little vintage image for everybody to enjoy. So they're writing new scripts right as we speak. They're halfway through the, the August ink to screen challenge. Now, I run this every single month. September is open for registration right now. That will run from September 20th to the 24th. Participants have five days to write a five-page screenplay brand new based on an image prompt, usually maybe something else that I send out the night, the very first day of the challenge. So nobody knows what it is. The winner will receive $150 and every writer who submits a completed script will receive detailed feedback on their script, writing, um, grammar checks, story issues, anything. Really find out what you're doing really well at and maybe some challenges you might be having as you're just starting your screenwriting journey. All this is included in just the $15 entry entry fee every month. Discover more at thescriptmistress.com forward slash ink to screen. Now, don't miss out. Sign up now. But again, we do it every month. So check that out and check maybe see if it's a new month for you. Now, this is the last refresher for the 12 character archetypes from Carl Jung's world. That's where I pulled these from. We had the warrior, the child, the orphan, the creator, the caregiver, the mentor, the joker, the magician, the ruler, the rebel the lover, and now the seducer. Save the best for last, right? <laughs> now, some call them a femme fatale or home fatale for a man. Now, these are beautiful people using their looks and charm to take control of every situation. They're conniving and value only what they want and nothing will stop them. Now, some of the strengths of the seducer. They're charismatic, beauty, 
smooth talker, that silver tongue. Weaknesses of the seducer, no morals, controlling, no loyalty. The seducer's motivation to run the show. They want power and control at all costs. Some character archetype examples, Cleopatra, Tony Stark. Villanelle from Killing Eve. Hmm. Now the seducer, seductress archetype is far more versatile and fascinating than many people realize. In its flattest form, this character archetype might look like an eyelash batting femme fatale or a playboy written to be either aspirational or hilarious. But at its most compelling, the seducer archetype provides a skeleton for a complex character we can't take our eyes off of, sexy or not. The single-minded and relentless pursuit of a self-serving goal. The ability to shapeshift into personalities that fulfill another's fantasy. The path of destruction and chaos left in their wake. Who doesn't want to read this character or see this character? More to the point, who doesn't want to write this character? <laughs> now, if you have a seducer in your story, a little insight into the archetype can help you design a truly unforgettable character. You can find that insight right here. We are going to cover what defines a character as a seducer, how the seducer seductress archetype functions within a story, the most common qualities of the character archetype, seducer seductress examples you'll recognize from pop culture. Yes, pretty alluring stuff, right? All right, so let's get right to it. So excited. I love doing that. <laughs> you gotta love when you don't edit and somebody gives you a call sorry about that but pretty much we're getting into it right so let's start right off the bat what is the seducer seductress archetype so we kind of touched on this already a little bit the seducer archetype has a long history of being flattened into a tiered trope especially when applied to female characters the seductress is also known as the siren, the homewrecker, or the femme fatale. You know, essentially a woman who taps into the mysterious witchcraft of feminine desirability to take men down because that's just something we think hot women do, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> no matter what gender your seducer may be, their defining trait is not sex appeal, though they certainly can be sexy. Don't get me wrong. Instead, what defines a seducer is their drive to get them what they want by charming others into giving it to them and using any means necessary for that. The seducer understands their target's deepest fantasies, kind of like a succubus, like they know what they desire. They see what this person longs for or more powerfully, how this person wants to feel about themselves. Isn't that like the strongest is to really find somebody that you that you admire and learning what makes them happy? Like that is the greatest form of seduction. Now the seducer then chameleons their way into the role of lover, mentor, confident, whatever position gets them where they want to be. 
when you pair relentless self-interest with an intriguing motive and an uncanny skill for social shape-shifting, you get a pretty riveting story. Not just the flat, I'm just going to do what I need to do to get what I want. Make it more compelling. Give them a little bit more than that flattened trope. It's been done to death. <laughs> now, using the seducer in your story, in your movie, in whatever you are writing. Now, we most often see the seducer, seductress archetype in a villainous role. Not surprising. Whether they're at the antagonist or just a distraction that throws the hero off course, this character is rarely the one we cheer for. Even so, the seducer can play a wide range of roles within your story, and each role can add intrigue and adventure to your plot. Now, you can use the seducer as the obstacle. Now, this is Circe luring Odysseus to her island, turning his men into pigs and seducing the hero in the literal sense. She's not Odysseus's primary nemesis. She's just a complication within his greater journey. Now, if your seducer is in the story just to make your hero's life more difficult, be sure to consider what the challenge reveals about your protagonist. What do they overcome to get past this obstacle? How does the seducer address a deeper longing or shelter the hero from their greatest fear? Now, the seducer as the antagonist. Now, sometimes you find this archetype in the story's antagonist. This can play out in a few different ways. The protagonist has no idea that the seducer is their nemesis for much of the story because, you know, they're being seduced. <laughs> the protagonist knows the seducer is the bad guy, but struggles to convince others. Everybody is under the seducer spell in one way or another. And when the protagonist figures it out, they're still on their own. Like Amy Dunn and Gone Girl is an example, perfect example of this. Now, the seducer seductress archetype makes for a powerful villain because everybody wants what they're selling. <laughs> the villagers might pull out their pitchforks to come after the foul-smelling, slobbering creature in the forest. It's much harder to rally the resistance against a charming foe. Ah, the seducer as the protagonist. Now, how can this two-faced, self-absorbed jerk waffle be a protagonist? Yeah, you, you heard that way, right, uh, jerk waffle. <laughs> well, as you may recall from the episode when we went back and we talked about heroes and I brought some of that up, rotten people can be protagonists too. They're called the anti-heroes. They usually have logical motives for being terrible, and we tend to wish for their success and demise at the same time. It can, it can be a little confusing. <laughs> it's also possible for a, a seducer to find redemption, redemption as the conflict within the story forces them to evolve. This is what we call a moral ascending character arc. And real talk, sometimes we let protagonists get away with terrible things if they make us laugh or seem cool. <sighs> this is a throwback. Zach Morris, Saved by the Bell, is a prime example with his girl-charming, teacher-flattering, self-serving ways. And like I mentioned before, another example, 
Tony Stark. I mean, in the beginning, doesn't didn't he just portray a lot of these traits right off the bat? But we loved him because he came to realize that and he used some of that as a strength by still evolving into pr pretty awesome character. Love you 3000. <laughs> now, the seducer as a costume. What's interesting about the seducer seductress archetype is that the archetype itself can be put on like a costume. Now, writers frequently place a non-seductress into a seductress role to make an audience laugh, make them reflect, or poke fun at our assumptions. I'd be willing to bet you've watched your favorite sitcom character stumble their way through an out-of-character seduction attempt. We've all, we've all seen it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're thinking of one right now. Or you've seen the reverse. A person we expect to be a seducer doesn't fit the archetype at all. One of the most famous examples of the seductress costume is Jessica Rabbit and who framed Roger Rabbit. In her own words, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Why was she Southern? I didn't make her Southern. <laughs> oh God. Jessica is a devoted wife who doesn't want anything from anyone. People treat her like a seductress because she's a smoke show, but that doesn't actually qualify her for the role. One chooses to be a seducer. That's really good. Now, some common traits of the seducer seductress archetype. If your seducer or if your story has a seducer, you want to make sure they have a clear, specific goal. The choices they make to achieve that goal are what make them a seducer in the first place. Now, some typical seduce, seductress seducer archetype, like generally acts in their own self-interest, is charming. This can take the form of sex appeal, camaraderie, innocence, whatever draws another character in. Has an unsettling talent for persuasion and manipulation. Quickly recognizes the needs, desires, fears, and emotions of others. Mm. Adapts easily to fulfill another character's fantasy or manage an unexpected turn of events. Doesn't care about societal norms doesn't give up easily, is not above deceiving those close to them, exhibits a ton of confidence. Whether or not they feel confident is up to you. Knows their own power. Like the biggest thing with the seductor or seducer, seductress, is they know what they're doing. That's the big difference between like a love interest or anything like that. They are very well aware of their power and how to wield it. That's something you need to pay very close attention to. So it's kind of a mixed bag. They, they are, there are probably a lot of traits in there that you might not choose to cultivate in your own children, your own characters. But before you start thinking that the seducer archetype is just one evil note, let's take a look at some famous examples. The seducer, seductress archetype examples. Where have you seen this character before? <laughs> Oh. Gilderoy Lockhart, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is a perfect example of a seducer whose vulnerabilities are made apparent to the reader even before we know the whole story. To earn and maintain his fame, Lockhart leans on charisma, manipulation, and sure, maybe a memory charm or two. For the most part, he succeeds at masking his raging incompetence, but Harry sees through him. And we see Lockhart's desperation to claim higher status over the boy who lived by the way he condescends 
to Harry. Now, Patrick Verona, 10 things I hate about you. Or Petru, uh, Petruccio, oh, I can never say that, from The Taming of the Shrew, if you want to be all fancy about it. Apparently, I don't because I can't say it. <laughs> Patrick. Here's your seducer redemption arc. Patrick takes on the job of charming the prickliest girl in school in exchange for money. As he pretends to fall for her, he for real falls for her, which somehow makes the deception forgivable in the end, right? We forgive because he's so cute. <laughs> or maybe it was singing on the bleachers thing that made us all forgive him. Hmm? Rebecca Bunch crazy ex-girlfriend okay okay ready have some fun with archetypes rebecca bunch is most definitely an orphan in search of love stability and a sense of belonging to reach that goal she goes full-on seductress constantly shape-shifting to please her crush her crush's friends and her crush's family she crosses so many lines legally morally rationally all the while, she sees herself not as the seductress or as the orphan, but as the lover. Mm. Now, characters designed to entice. I brought up Rebecca Bunch because she illustrates what I think is most important to understand when you're studying archetypes. These character designs are merely a tool to help you bring out the humanity of your characters. You can take what works and leave what doesn't. It's your story. You can explore how a character might shift from one archetype to another over the course of their journey. This is your creation. Experiment, explore, and see what happens. Oh, oh my God. I'm so glad we wrapped this up. And I hope, if anything, you have learned through listening through all 12 of these. Thank you so much for sticking around. But this is for you. This is to help your characters make them more engaging and to understand they don't have to fit in this little box. There are so many character archetypes, so many avenues for you to explore with your characters that you make your story unique. Now, I've um, put in the resources to where I found these um, amazing articles. If you want to delve even further, I'll have them in my show notes. Now, again, it's the end of this 12 character archetype series. I will still have this available for everybody for as long as I'm running the Script Mistress website. It's a um, character archetype worksheet, and you can fill it out for whichever character archetype you're working on or any character you are absolutely working on. You can get it on the show website, the um, slash scene 39, or you can find it at scriptmistress.com forward slash archetypes. I've got it all there for you. Feel free to share some of your thoughts on the Facebook page uh, at ink to screen or email me at amber at scriptmistress.com to get extra help. Again, don't forget about the monthly screenwriting challenge. What an amazing opportunity for you to take some of these character archetypes and play and explore and see what works and, and how well you are. Because some people are really good at writing a lover, while other people are really good at writing a seductress or a magician or somebody who's a little bit different. And, and you just get a chance to explore without having to write a full script and you get feedback. I'll let you know if it worked or not. You could win $150, you never know. And you get that feedback, all for just $15. Check it all out at thescriptmistress.com forward slash ink to screen. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I truly value any feedback. If you have an idea for a podcast that might help, email it 
to me, amber at the scriptmasters.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm so excited. I will be interviewing the winner of the July challenge later today. That will be coming out on next week's podcast. I hope you stick for that for scene 40. We're at 40 episodes. I feel like it should be more. Hmm. But no, <laughs> 40 episodes. Like and follow this show wherever you are listening or watching. Talk soon. And until then, happy writing.